0: I am Ben Doc Askins, the psychedelic science war storyteller, and this is the Anti Heroes Journey podcast. Hey, everybody, Doc here. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want it to be possible for me to continue to make it, then I'm going to need you to go to my store at antiheroesjourney.com and buy my audiobook and my ebook and one of the many translations available. Or go to shop and pick out some of my stuff t shirts and hats and pet bandanas and bikinis and scented candles and all sorts of nonsense. All the things you could ever want and never need. And get 10% off with the code, all caps, FRIEND10. Go to antiheroesjourney.com and use the code, all caps, FRIEND10 to get 10% off anything that you could ever want there. I appreciate your support. Thank you. I love you. Goodbye. What is up, antiheroes? This is Doc Askins here bringing you another one of these. Q5 podcast into your ears that I know you love so much where I ask five of my favorite questions in ketamine-assisted psychotherapy preparation sessions to some of the people that I think are cool walking around on planet Earth. And the cool person I got joining me today is Leah Buchholz. She's the founder of Prestige Veteran Medical Consulting. She's a U.S. Army veteran, physician assistant, yeah, go team PA, and former contract VA compensation and pension examiner. Her organization assists veterans with independent medical opinion letters, often referred to as nexus letters, which helps show a link between a veteran's injury or illness and their military service. Driven by passion and purpose, she aims to create a sustainable change that empowers veterans and future generations. Leah's journey hasn't been without challenges from overcoming and living with her service-related disabilities to navigating work-life balance. She's learned to face each hurdle head-on with resilience. Like many of her veteran brothers and sisters, her early background consisted of limited resources and opportunities. Her military service has helped shape her into a steadfast leader, offering relatable inspiration to others. Leah, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on the podcast today, my friend.
1: Well, it is an honor to be here, especially because I've been following you. And I think that I think the world of you that you're doing amazing things. I'm go PA power all the way.
0: (laughs) Oh, shucks.
1: Yeah. So I'm so impressed and inspired by you. And it was really amazing that you reached out and wanted to collaborate. So thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited about this. Like, I've known who you were for a while from just, you know, headlines about you and some of that sort of stuff. And we'll, I'm sure, get into it in just a minute. But let's just get rocking and rolling with question number one What's your story?
1: So, I grew up in Tampa, Florida. I was kind of had a troubled youth, didn't have a lot of direction, didn't know what I wanted to do with life was bartending, waitressing, that sort of thing after high school. And I had some recruiters come in and, you know, do their recruiter thing. And I said, you know, I really didn't know much about the military. I didn't have friends or family members really. And I just was like, what the hell? Like I'll join the military. So it wasn't really well thought out, to be honest with you. And it became the most amazing thing that I could have ever done with my life because I would probably be in a not so great place had I not joined the military. And it really provided me purpose and direction and all of those things that, you know, you see on the commercials. That's kind of what happened, right? So I joined as a medic, like many PAs do. It's kind of this natural progression. So I joined as a medic. I went to airborne school pretty much right away out of AIT. And my first unit was the 82nd. And that was a great... Place to start and, and help shape me as a soldier, and we deployed pretty quickly to Iraq to my first deployment, and it was kind of crazy because it was two thousand and five ish when I deployed two thousand six. It was during the surge. Had a lot of lot of things happen, learned a lot, a lot of tears. Wanted to really grow and become a PA and further my knowledge to help other service members and medics, and, etc. And so that was kind of my natural progression. So couple more assignments. I was a staff sergeant, medic, worked at...
0: Best rank in the army. Yeah,
1: it it was fun. I mean, I really enjoyed my enlisted time. It was fantastic. I became one of those officers who they're like, oh, she used to be enlisted, whatever, which is good and bad. And I went to IPAP. So I went to IPAP, became a PA. And for those of you that don't know what IPAP is, it's the Service Physician Assistant Program. It's getting very difficult to get into these days, but it was... Just such an experience, and such a you know an incredible thing to be able to do. And all of the college I got leading up to that was while I was on active duty, you know, after hours on the weekends, things like that. So then I went to the 101st, and I was in the 101st at Fort Campbell for several years in Bastogne, which is First Brigade, and and I enjoyed that. Had a couple kids, married another guy from IPAP, three children. And it was a blast. I loved my active duty time, but things were getting complicated, you know, because my family was growing and I wasn't just a young 20 something year old, you know, having a good time living life. I got an opportunity to, and please interrupt me anytime because I can just go and go and go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just keep going. Yeah, go, go, go.
1: I got an opportunity after a few years of being in the 101st to join the Special Forces group. And so I became their support battalion PA, which was such an honor and opportunity
0: You're kind of underselling that, like you're the first female PA to be in group, correct?
1: That is correct. Now, I will say that there were some fantastic ladies that joined other groups shortly after I did, but it was all during this period of time where there were a lot of, I don't want to say social experimentation going on, but what's led into where we are today with, you know, women doing different combat roles and things like that. And so I was still you know, filling a role that's traditionally gender neutral. I'm a PA. But they said, hey, we want to try this. We'd like you to come and join. And and for those of you that know anything about special operations or special forces, Fifth group is, you know, they have a really tough area of operation. I would like to say that they are one of the more traditional mindsets of if if a female is going to go into one of them, that's going to be one of the harder ones to go into. But they open arms treated me wonderfully. My battalion commander is still a very good friend of mine. It was just the pinnacle of my career in the military. Went to Jordan. My medics set up an amazing aid station in supportive operations in Syria. It was just great. I could not have asked for more, and they offered me a company command in the support battalion at in, Turning that down and walking away and leaving after 13 and a half years was the hardest, one of the hardest choices I ever made. And I did it because I wanted to provide, I felt like I wanted to be a certain type of mom to my kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that it's amazing that people can be dual military and do all this stuff on active duty. But I was like, I ha- the military gave me everything I could have ever wanted. I have this fantastic job. I can put roots down. I can do these things. And I wanted to give that to them. And so as much as it broke my heart to leave, I did it. And with this idea that I was going to put down roots here in Texas with my kids, transition to the reserve component, which has been fun. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I don't want to ask you to say any more than that because I understand.
1: You know, I won't dig into that, but I actually transitioned to the IMA, which is something that I don't think guardsmen really have. I don't talk about this often, but I'm in year 19 right now. So I'm still I'm actually still in the reserves, but I work for the active duty and I work at the AMED patents career course. So that's fun. So I get to educate and teach, you know, reserve and National Guard officers stuff. But anyways, I left active duty and I enjoyed every, you know, most every moment of it, all the relationships that I made, everything the military gave to me, which has been, like I said, I I would not be in a good place had I not joined the military. And so I separated. And when I separated, I was so scared. I was so scared because I was like, what am I going to do? Am I going to fail? I had never done anything in my adult life that was not the military, really. And so I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get a job. In fact, I have a really amazing friend who is this mentor of mine, Colonel Amy Jackson. I don't know if you know her.
0: Just by reputation.
1: And she was, I hear this echoed in other people that are getting off active duty. People that I'm like, you're a rock star. Like, you're so amazing. But everybody has that fear of separating. Like, what am I going to do? I don't know. And I'm like, you're going to be fine. So I, I separated and I just started figuring things out. I became a CMP examiner. I did some emergency medicine. I did some work at a place called Warrior's Heart, which is a substance abuse rehab facility for veterans. I'm, I'm actually still on their staff PRN, and I help them out from time to time. But so I was trying to figure out, like, what do I want? I love mental health stuff because I have mental health issues. <laughs>
0: You've got a mind, you're going to have mental health issues once in a while. It's just like a rule.
1: Yeah, I love veterans. I love substance abuse stuff and trying to help people. I love psychedelics. I love helping veterans with their compensation and pension stuff. And so then Prestige kind of was born, my company. And I'll get into that a little bit further in some of these other questions we're going to go over. But so we started Prestige Veteran Medical Consulting and I was published in a book. I have another book that's coming out that I'm excited about. i um, a mom and a wife, and I'm doing mixed martial arts now, which I never thought I would do.
0: Oh, yeah. Nice. I Kicking mean, ass.
1: it's super bizarre because I never thought I would do something like that, but it's what my kids like. Okay. You know, I do it with my teenage daughter so we can spend time together. That's about, in a nutshell, who I am for question number one what's my story. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a great story. I want to like double click on a whole bunch of it, but I also want to keep going. So I'm hoping eventually to like have people back for longer form interviews and do like the the ridiculous thing all the other vets do, like the Jocko five hour podcast. That I don't know who the hell listens all the way to the end of those things, but people are having fun having the conversation. So why not just have a microphone there, kind of thing? So maybe we'll do that sometime 2024 or whatever. We'll see. Totally. Lord willing and the creek don't rise, but we're going to roll on to question number two. Question number one's about mostly about memory, like where are you from and what's your story? And question two is about the future and about imagination. So what are your intentions going forward?
1: That's a great question. So... Prestige, my company, we touched on it in the beginning. We assist veterans with medical opinion letters that it's sort of like expert witness testimony. Like if you ever watch Law & Order and you see somebody get up and give some type of testimony, right? That's sort of what we do, but in written format. So we don't at all represent veterans or strategize with them or tell them how to do things. We're just kind of this supplemental thing. You know, their attorneys may reach out to us or veterans representing themselves, and we provide a medical opinion that can sometimes assist them in their journey. And so that has been this thing that has grown for me, and my intention is to reach as many veterans as we can, whether it's directly working with them or in some of my social media platforms, providing as much word vomit education as I possibly can, so that even if I never talk to veteran so-and-so, they have gained some kind of knowledge from me that they can share with others. So just helping them, my brothers and sisters, in their journeys with their VA disability and getting a better understanding of something that can be just super overwhelming and then becoming a force multiplier. And I'll talk a little bit more about this and what I'm grateful for. You know, my staff is growing, my contractors, my employees, growing more people in my likeness to help other veterans. You know, you're a PA. Could we work together in the future where I give you tidbits and then you can go and help other veterans, right? And so, how many people can we reach?
0: Yeah, yeah. Explain force multiplier for all of my civilian audience friends that are listening. Yeah. Yeah, Because it's a great principle.
1: So for me, like I can only reach so many people with my bandwidth, right? And so if I can replicate myself into another PA and another PA and another nurse practitioner or a doctor or whoever that can replicate what I'm doing to reach more lives, that's the goal. And so I have several... And like I said, I'm going to touch on this on what I'm grateful for because my team is so amazing, but I have so many of my iPad brothers and sisters that work with me that I have taken months in this fellowship to teach them and to share my research and development so that they can have a better understanding and help more veterans. Or for example, like my YouTube channel or my podcast. You know, all this research and development I've done, if I do a video and I'm talking about migraines and how they can relate to PTSD, you go watch my video and I list out all the research that I use. Like, go look up this article, this article, and this, it's free. Like, just go watch my video, take it to your doctor. And now your doctor is a force multiplier if he's willing to help you, you know, and here's the materials to do it. So that's kind of what I mean by force multiplier is like, how can I extend myself into others to reach more people? Yeah,
0: that's good stuff. Those are great intentions. I like those a lot. They overlap significantly with some of my own. Strategic Navigators reduced my income tax bill by over 50%. These guys save entrepreneurs anywhere from 40 to 60% on their income taxes. Click the link in the description to schedule a call and see what these guys can do for you. If you enjoy paying as much as possible in taxes, then just ignore everything I just said. The way I like to transition between talking about the past and talking about the future with your memory and your intentions, your story and your imagination, to bring things into the present moment is to ask about gratefulness. So what are you grateful for right now?
1: So I'm super grateful to be here with you right now because I think you're awesome and you're super inspiring to me as well. And there's a lot of things that I'm going to touch on with you when we do our chat about psychedelic medicine that is just, you know, we could talk all day even about that. So I don't want to get off on it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I'm really grateful for my team. Like I mentioned, my husband is my partner in life and also in this business. He's a lot smarter than I am. So I'll say that he's a lot book smarter than I am. I think I have this entrepreneurial mindset and this creativity to me that I don't want to say he lacks, but he has that more analytical, like nuts and bolts. He grounds me. And so we're this very great team where I have this creative vision and he gets it done. So he's the backbone that helps me to be able to stand up and do the things that I do because he's making sure the ball doesn't get dropped. So he's my partner in this business. He's a PA as well. We've grown this brick by brick with my best friends. I have, I want to say five or six of my classmates that work with me in this business. My best friend who I met on active duty, she's got multiple master's degree in data analytics and biostatistics and all this stuff. She's my operations I manager, She's my best friend, you know, like what a life that I can build to have my best freaking friends, my combat buddies, like do this thing with me where we touch other veterans lives and make their lives better. So like, it's just amazing and you know then of course my family so watching my oldest daughter she's about to be 14 grow into this little badass i'm sorry i keep cussing but
0: <laughs> doesn't bother me we've done way worse on other pods
1: <laughs> so, so to watch her become this she's going to be way more awesome than me and to have this playbook of all the things i messed up on And try to help her navigate not doing some of those things is pretty cool to watch. So that's sort of what I'm grateful for right now
0: yeah that's beautiful friends and family overlapping with entrepreneurship and business there but kind of using the business as a platform for it just it's like an excuse to make money with your friends at some level and do some good in the world that's how yeah. like my relationship is with like my supervising physicians here they're all my friends and we're starting a clinic because we love people and we want to help but we also just want to have an excuse to spend nine to five together too you know uh, awesome. and i think that's uh, you know that's living the dream to me for sure so I think that's awesome. The things that you're grateful for there. So then we'll transition to question four, which is what are you creating with all your gratefulness, all your stories and all your intentions? What are you creating, Leah?
1: So I'm trying to continue to create and expand upon what we're already doing. So currently I'm creating like a bigger social media footprint because I think the bigger my social media footprint is, the more people you know, that grassroots following, the word gets out, the more we can reach people because we're in this day and age of social media. I barely go out of my house, but I have thousands of people (laughs) that are listening to me or you and I BS on this podcast right now. So the YouTube channel, the podcast with the educational content, I'm creating just, you know, more Leah's, like we talked about before, creating more little PAs that have this knowledge that they can share with others. This book, I'm writing this new book that I kind of have a good draft of it already.
0: Yeah. Tell me about that. I'm super curious.
1: Well, I wrote a few chapters in the last version of the Army's Physician Assistant Handbook, the second edition. So I was the primary author on one chapter. And That's was, back
0: here on the shelf somewhere.
1: Yes, I think I've got a copy of it here too. So it, it was really cool that I was asked to participate. Yes, yes. So <laughs> some awesome stuff. So I was asked to participate in that and kind of, I primary authored a chapter about what we're talking about right now, just about VA stuff. And so the focus of that was to help show P- other PAs like how they can touch lives, just like what we're talking about, how they can be empowered because they don't, I mean, I talked to a PA the other day from Fort Campbell that was one of my preceptors. And he was like, you know, I have 0% disability for this one issue from 30 years ago. I didn't even know that I could request more disability. I didn't even know that I could request an increase. And so there's just so much darkness out there about this stuff and just bringing a light to it is something that I think is really important. So I wrote about that. And then I have co-authored a chapter in that book about the PA's role in special operations. And so because of my history with the female thing that we talked about earlier, I wrote a small little section in that that was primarily authored by John Elliott, who is an amazing Army PA that I knew when I was a private.
0: Oh Wow. Yeah. That's like coming full circle sort of stuff, writing a chapter with somebody. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: So he is the great guy. He's retired now too, but this, so this new book that I'm writing, it's, it's more on the VA stuff. Again, I'm probably going to be an ebook and then maybe, I don't know if I'm going to put it on. It's not a super long book, but I'm kind of, it's sort of 90% ready, but I'm just, pushing it out there into the world and birthing that baby is like a big deal, you know, right?
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: So I'm kind of just been sitting on it for six months, not really knowing what I want to do with it quite yet, but it'll come out at some point.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of beautiful creations there.
1: That's about it for what I'm creating at the moment. And then, you know, trying to raise these three kids Yeah.
0: yeah. Birthing those things. And then, man, then they have lives of their own. They go wandering around and do whatever the hell they want. And yeah, uh, yeah. it's intense. Yeah. You got three. I got four. It sounds like they're around the same age as my eldest is 14 too. Yeah. I just love them like crazy. I'm gonna figure out a way to be a stay at home dad here soon if I can. And then, uh, you know, it'll be... Beautiful things all day, every day. Like just earlier today, my wife and I were dissecting a sheep's eye with my son. We homeschool him and uh, she does all the work. I say we homeschool them, but she does all the work and I just kind of come in for the fun stuff, which is not ideal, but maybe eventually we'll get to where we're doing, doing it all together. But yeah, he was loving, you know, like you couldn't believe how hard a cornea is. Why is it so hard? I can't even cut it in half. You know, like it was awesome seeing the sheep's eye through his eyes for the first time ever you know was exciting stuff yeah
1: well i'm sure you're gonna get to whatever it is that you want in a really quick manner because what i appreciate about you and i don't even really know you that well is that you think out. you seem from my outward view is that you really think out of the box and i think that's something Mm -hmm. that you're creative you're doing things and no one can stop you from doing those things Whatever your mind can create and whatever you can grow and whatever you can do, whether it's a podcast or a book or this new venture or this or whatever, just never stop creating because some people are like, well, I'm a PA. This is the box that I have to live in and this is what I have to do. I'm going to go work in family practice and I'm going to go do these RVUs and I'm going to get bitched at by a 20. five-year-old family
0: practice. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah.
1: You, you just have so much worth and so much value. And if you just keep being creative in your process, you know, the sky is the limit.
0: Yeah. There is no box. You make your own box. Right. Yep. And then if you don't want to have one, you can get rid of all the boxes if you want to. That's kind of what my whole book's about. Who needs a box? Okay. <laughs> So uh, yeah, that's beautiful. I love everything that you're creating there. That's awesome, and that just brings us around to the fifth and final question: the identity question. Who are you really, Leah Buckholtz?
1: Yeah. So this is a tough question, and I'm gonna like get real on this question. So, you know, I am a person who has been like broken physically and emotionally many times. Right. I've had several like catastrophic injuries you know, for the first time I publicly I'll, just came to my mind, I had a mastectomy a year ago, and I've never told anybody that. And I had a reconstruction. I had bilateral adhesive capsulitis in my shoulders and couldn't lift my arms past like here for six months.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Frozen shoulder.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, I had a traumatic injury falling through a ceiling anyways, but I've been broken, right? I've had all these orthopedic injuries on active duty fractures, arthritis, all this, everything, you know, veterans have. I felt so down and so lost. You know, I've struggled with mental health issues myself, but feeling like I can come through that and I have a growth mindset and I have resiliency and a never quit attitude. And that's the thing that I feel is so important for me to share openly because so many people in a heartfelt way So many veterans feel like they're taught to be strong and to have mental strength and physical strength, and they can't be vulnerable and they can't show those sides of themselves that are messy. That messiness does not equal strength, but actually, messiness does equal strength. It's getting through the messiness and, you know, evolving and continuing to grow over life, whether that's thinking outside of the box using psychedelic medicine or doing different things to try to improve yourself and just not staying stuck. Because I think that life is a learning experience, right? And life is a lifelong learning experience. And as long as we continue to grow and learn and become a better version of ourselves, that's kind of where I live in my headspace. is that I'm just a vulnerable person that I've ha- I've made mistakes and I continue to try to improve and show other people, whether it's my kids or other veterans, that it's okay to stumble And it's okay to pick yourself up and lean on people and try to like move forward. And that's basically who I am in the darkest of times, just trying to keep it moving.
0: Yeah, just keep going. I like that a lot. Thank you for uh, your level of vulnerability and authenticity there. I want to honor that. I'm grateful for it.
1: Well, thank you for letting me share my experience. And like I said, I'm going to just keep fangirling you and tell you how... um, (laughs) how excited I am to see what you continue to do and see how you continue to grow. And
0: well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any final thoughts you want to share with anyone else on the anti-heroes journey here?
1: I guess just to circle back to the VA stuff. I know we, we kind of were all over the place today, but just don't give up. Like if you feel frustrated and you feel like, you've been to, I can't tell you how many administrative and procedural errors I see and there's not a lot I can do about those things because I'm not a legal professional right but I work with some really fantastic legal professionals and there are so many errors and mistakes and and it's just a bureaucratic system it's a, in any governmental system there's going to be errors but don't give up if you believe something is related to your service but you you know gotten kicked and you've you're down because you got denied for something. If you really, truly believe that something is related, continue to pursue that. Reach out and find um, legal advocates that can help you. And don't just give up because if you're suffering, we, you, know, you need to get those healthcare benefits that you deserve to, not only from a financial aspect, but from a medical standpoint that you can continue to grow and improve your situation. So don't give up. And that's about it.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. I like that a lot. And we're going to put a whole bunch of stuff in the description as far as links to your social media stuff and to Prestige and to all the awesome things that you're doing in the world right now. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the podcast with me.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. Hopefully we'll do it again. My pleasure. Maybe
0: yeah we'll day. do this pod swap
1: well, yes, not, but then maybe-
0: <laughs> we'll hit stop right now and i'm gonna go over and i'm gonna jump yes. on leah's podcast and we're gonna record that and uh, you know you can listen and figure out if you want to hear uh, my answers to her questions or whatever Absolutely, so.
1: yes you guys tune in i'm gonna have doc askins over here on my podcast <laughs> and we're gonna ask some really awesome questions about what he's doing
0: sweet all right doc out